Wayne FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana, The Fan. Live, local, and talking about the teams that matter to you. This is Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by Automotive Color and Supply. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome into Talkin' Sports. I'm Justin Kenny in for Jim Shovlin, who still on the mend from hip replacement surgery, still on the disabled list, but working his way back, currently on a rehab assignment, you could say. He'll be back in the seat as soon as possible. Hopefully, by next Saturday, he'll be back in action. So, thoughts to Mr. Shovlin. If you know him, reach out to him. No, he's doing well. He's just uh, needs a couple more day, uh, days on his rehab assignment before he comes back to the show. But we'll have a exciting hour here. Talk to my partner on the New Track Record podcast, Caleb Hatch, will join us about 9.15. He's heading down to Indianapolis today for the IndyCar race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It'll start at high noon, followed by the Xfinity race on the road course at Indianapolis. Again, it's the Brickyard weekend that's no longer the Brickyard, but it's at the Brickyard, if that makes sense. Cup will race tomorrow on the road course, but NASCAR IndyCar partnering up to race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend. We'll talk to Caleb about that. And the weekend, if, especially if you're heading down there on what should be a beautiful weekend down at the Speedway. Three races in two days. Should be a lot of excitement down there. We'll also dabble in some college football with Caleb Hatch as we're just about four weeks away from the start of the college football season. Maybe we'll break down some of those matchups in week one. Of course, the big one regionally, Ohio State and Notre Dame. But also some big games coming up elsewhere in week one in college football. So we'll talk some racing, talk some football with Caleb Hatch. About 9.15, bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Tin Caps fell to the Peoria Chiefs last night, 4-2. to two. Despite one run in the eighth, one run in the ninth for the Caps, couldn't complete a comeback from four runs down. The Tin Caps dropped to 40-52 and 52 overall, 4-3 and three since the All-Star break. So Caps making some headway against Peoria here in this four-game series, excuse me, six-game series that continues 7.35 tonight, 2.35 tomorrow at Peoria before a big homestand for the Caps coming up starting on Tuesday. We'll talk to Mike Nutter about that and also how things change for the Tin Caps once the kids go back to school. So priorities change, of course, for families and when they can do things and how does Parkview Field and the Tin Caps adjust to that and also staffing issues and see if any of those, you know, I know that the, the Caps are always looking for employees to fill a lot of their roles the return of, of kids to school, especially to college, how has that impacted the Tin Caps in terms of employees? And maybe there's some opportunities out there for prospective uh, folks looking for jobs here as the Caps close out the remainder of the season. 
through the month of August and into September. The final Tin Caps game of the season, home game at least, in the regular season, scheduled for early September. I believe it's September 4th, in fact. So we'll talk to Mike Nutter about those things and more when we talk to him at the bottom of the hour. 46862, Automotive Color and Supply, text line 46862. Reach out with any questions, comments. Uh, you know, we're talking, you know, we'll talk some college football here. We'll talk some racing. Also talk, of course, some high school football. It was three weeks from yesterday, the start of the regular season. And three weeks from right now, we'll be breaking down week one of the high school football season. Jim and myself right here on Talking Sports. So it's almost here. A lot to accomplish for coaches between now and August 19th. Sure, if you ask every single one of them, they're still telling they're going to need every single one of these days over the next three weeks to really prepare and prep for the opening week of the season. And I had a buddy of mine a couple of days ago reach out and, and asked me about what my power pole would be in the SAC as we sit right now. And it actually has changed a little bit over the last few days due to circumstances that have come out. But looking at it from the bottom, I feel like Southside is still that number 10 team. Um, Coach Guy in his second season trying to make some headway. I think there's some individual talent at South. Can they put it all together and then start their march up the SAC standings? Time will tell. I feel like there's a lot of, of pessimism around the city about Southside. Hopefully there's some optimism within that program and they can surprise a little bit. So, Southside, my number 10 team right now, and this is, you know, as of right now, and, and you know, who knows once we start playing in three weeks, but uh, number nine, the Concordia Cadets. And I feel like you could take four and nine and put them in a blender and uh, they could spit out anything in any order. I feel like Concordia quarterback Eli Maddox, one of the criminally underrated players in the SAC, and I think he could really have a tremendous year if he has the skill around him. I think there's some questions up front. Defensively, there's some individual talent as well, but this is a team that, you know, was coached by Tim Manigle a couple of years ago. Mike Eschbach steps in for one year. Now Tim Manigle is back. So where does that team look? I feel it's, you know, you look, it's a sizable senior group, but a sizable sophomore group, that junior class kind of lacking in numbers. But... How does Concordia put it together over the course of nine weeks? And, you know, something that that, that was really interesting that Coach Tim Anigal said at media day was the fact that the mindset of every opponent they play in the SAC is that they're going to look at Concordia as a winnable football game. So there's no mental edge that Concordia is going to have against anybody on the schedule. You talk about like a Snyder that comes in and, you know, they're warming up and and the cadences and all that stuff. And, and some teams across the field, they're, they're half beaten already, right? Mental game. Concordia is never going to win the mental game against teams 
on their schedule in the SAC. They start at Southside. Southside's going to look at that game as a way to start off the season right, get a win. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Concordia can come out of the gate. They play Southside, then they play Homestead, and then at Snyder. So we'll see if the Concordia cadets can come out. You know, they beat Southside last year to start the season, then lost seven in a row. Didn't win again until the postseason. We'll see if Concordia can do a better job this year of getting some regular season wins in an SAC that's extremely difficult to get victories. Number eight, Northrop Bruins. Quentin Bowen takes over. A lot of positivity. Longtime assistant coach with the Snyder Panthers. Served as OC last year. The, the lateness in hiring Quentin Bowen, I feel, is going to be the struggle for Northrop. They're going to play catch-up the rest of the season. You know, Tim Manigal was in his position early enough to really be able to lay the foundation at Concordia. Plus, he's had previous experience coaching the cadets. Quentin Bowen comes in fresh, new, um, wasn't in a position very long before the really the prep for the season started. So Northrop has some individual talent, uh, different schemes being employed. We'll see that he retained some former coaches from the previous regime. So I think there's there's signs, there's indications, but I think it's going to be a real growing season for Quentin Bowen and the Northrop Bruins. Number seven is an interesting team. I think it's Wayne. Talk about Wayne General, Sherwood Haydock, third season. Of course, longtime success at uh, you know, Harding and, and uh, Woodland went to a state championship game with the Warriors. There's some potential there for the Wayne Generals if a lot of things go right to be a contender to knock off a couple teams and really surprise, you know, two wins in Sherwood Haydock's first season four we four wins last year. So they double the win total. Now they come into a pivotal year three with coach Haydock and, you know, the, the, the expectations are solidified. You know, the, the schemes are solidified. Wayne has an opportunity, I think, to go into Bishop to Wenger week one and maybe surprise the saints. So keep an eye on the Wayne Generals. That could be one of those teams that throughout the season you hear a couple scores and you're like, wait, what? And Wayne is the culprit in that. Bishop DeWanger. There's a lot of discussion around the Bishop DeWanger's roster lacking the talent that it traditionally has. Sam Campbell, we quarterback. You know, they lose Bodie Dickerson to transfer to Northside. So Sam Campbell, QB1. It was a very undwanger-like season last year at 7-5. and five, But the fact that they knocked off Snyder in convincing fashion in the sectional championship really kind of silenced a lot of those uh, doubters. Um, but then they lose the second straight season to Zionsville in the regional round. But Bishop DeWanger trying to move forward from that 7-5 and five year, you know, just two years ago or 10-2. and two. Uh, a couple years ago, got to the semi-state with 11-win season, and of course, the year before, won a state championship in that epic four-overtime game against it's Evansville Central. So, you look at what Bishop DeWanger is trying to accomplish and basically move forward from last year's five-loss season, and there's a lot of guys that they need to replace and some new talent that's coming up. So, questions with Bishop DeWanger, but it tends to work out, DeWanger, right? More often than not. Getting into the top half of the league here, you look at Bishop Lures. I feel like they're going to slip a little bit, but, you know, it's all about Charlie Stansky, the new QB1, and if he can make plays, you know, is it going to be Stansky? Is it going to be a younger kid? Uh, we'll see. 
but there's a lot of individual talent, a lot of skill position talent around. You look at Nick Thompson committed to Toledo. Uh, you look at that backfield that has, you know, one, two punch. That's really effective. You lose guys like Aiden Dennis and Sir Hale and, and, uh, and, and Brody Glenn. And there's a lot of questions there, but there are players to replace that. But up front, again, once again, is going to be the biggest question for Bishop Lures. They lack kind of depth up there. There's an experience up there as well. So how quickly do those guys mature, get better, and perform? Number four, Northside. I think it's the biggest question for the uh, fans of the SAC is how good can Northside be? Some people have them competing for the SAC championship. Some people have them down towards the bottom of the conference. I kind of have them in number four right now, but I'm still in kind of wait and see mode. Once again, start with Snyder, Dwanger, Carroll. Got to figure it out quick. Then they have Wayne. Then they have Lures and Homestead. You could argue that the most difficult six games for Northside in the SAC this year are their first six opponents. And four of those six games are on the road. How does Northside handle that first six weeks? both on the field, in the locker room, mentally, physically, can't afford some injuries to some key guys. But there are players at every position for Northside. It's just how they put that together. Offensive line, a question, but Jordan King is is a road grader up there. Mitch Vargovich up front on the defensive side of the football is very good. So Northside has the pieces to have a very successful season. But we'll find out pretty quick whether they're for real or not getting into the top three homestead number three back-to-back sac victory bells before last year you could say on homestead like season last year six and four got shut out by rival carroll in the sectional 21 to nothing ended their season two of their four losses came to their rival carroll by chance Late this week, we find out that Jimmy Sullivan, quarterback, sophomore class, was competing for QB1 at Homestead, now enrolled at Carroll High School. How does that affect Homestead? Well, it makes Peyton Slavin unrivaled QB1 at Homestead. Returning player, 1,900 yards through the air, 19 touchdowns last year. Fleet of foot, can move, can run. So Slavin's back and solidified there. Look at Homestead, and they're one of the contenders in the SAC. Conversely, Carroll. Questions with Jimmy Sullivan now are when he can play, how quickly does he adopt the system, and does he ascend to QB1? Those are all questions, but I think Carroll defensively has the best defensive unit in the SAC. All levels. Braden Steely, Dylan Bennett, Jorge Valdez, they got players all over the field on defense. Pretty quick where Carroll is. Where do they, who is playing quarterback QB one at Lures at Lures field to start the season in three weeks, TBA. We'll see. That leaves one team at Snyder. Luke Hoppert's back. Kamari Juarez is back. Langston level is back. Couple linemen are back. Braden Stuckey, Brandon Stuckey, one of the best Offensive lineman in the state of Indiana in his class. Defensively, maybe not as fast as an, an electrifying as we're used to seeing Snyder Panther defense, but it's solid enough that when you look at the Panthers all around, you're throwing Nick Talamentes on the defensive side, one of the better punters and the one of the better kickers in the area as well. Kind of um, interesting dichotomy there. Plays linebacker for Snyder. Oh, and also kicks for him. In terms of complete teams right now as we stand on July 30th, Snyder Panthers 
number one atop the SAC power pole, in my opinion. There you go. One through ten. Four six eight six two four six eight six two in the automotive color and supply text line. Let me know what you agree with, disagree with. Feel a team is underrated, overrated. Hit me up on the text line. We'll get to them later on in the show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Caleb Hatch, a big weekend down at the Brickyard. He is heading down there. We'll talk about the races coming up this weekend. We'll also dabble in some college football as well. Mike Nutter, the tin caps a little later on in the hour. It's a Saturday morning. It's bright and sunny. And you're listening to Talking Sports here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. You've seen the cute insurance commercials on TV. A bird wearing shades, a guy with a catchy name and a colorful shirt and tan pants, or a silly staff that favors all white clothing. But do you really believe that companies spending millions and millions of dollars on clever TV commercials actually provide what you need most? An insurance policy without tricky loopholes, escape language, or gaps? No one wants a surprise when it comes to filing an insurance claim. And that's why Hoopy Insurance Services is a trusted advocate when it comes to coverage of what's important to you. As an independent agency, they work with multiple companies to find the policy perfectly tailored to your specific situation for your home and autos. If you have or are in the process of buying a new home, the process is stressful enough. So contact Matt and the Hoopy Insurance team now to get a free review and consultation of your insurance needs. They'll find the right policy and make sure you have the coverage you need so there's no surprises later on. Service is the Hoopy Insurance difference. Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Insurance Services. A Fort Wayne company serving the Fort Wayne area now for 40 years. Wendy's new Strawberry Frosty is here, so check your watch. Is it Frosty time yet? It probably is. The hour hand would be on, I'm feeling snacky. And the minute hand would be on, relaxing with a rich, creamy Strawberry Frosty on a summer day, just digging into that smooth, chilly deliciousness and vibing. You know, depending on what kind of watch you have. When it's time for Frosty time, choose wisely. Choose Wendy's Frosty and Classic Chocolate or New Strawberry. Limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back to Talking Sports. I'm Justin Penny in the seat for Jim Shovlin, who's on a rehab assignment, coming back from his surgery from a couple weeks ago. Should be back full, ready to go next Saturday. In the meantime, we're holding down the fort here on a bright and sunny Saturday morning, late July. A lot going on around the state of Indiana today and this weekend, including down at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We have three races in two days. It's IndyCar. It's Xfinity today. We have Cup tomorrow on the road course at the Speedway to talk all about that. Maybe dabble in some college football as well. It's Mr. Caleb Hatch. You hear him each and every day here on the Sports Rush. Joins us right now. Caleb, what's up? Hey, Justin. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Excellent. So... For those who uh, are unfamiliar in terms of what's going on at the Speedway this weekend, what can you tell them? Yeah, so to basically think of it like a, a triple header. So you have IndyCar, about 1230, then the NASCAR Xfinity Series, which essentially for those who don't follow racing, think of that as like triple A for NASCAR. Uh, they will be there then following that race a little after 3, 3 o'clock. And then on Sunday, you'll have the Cup Series, and that's the, the highest level, all going to be on the road course the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So to put, put it simply, three races, two days, three different series. And in terms of people, you know, remembering the Brickyard and the Brickyard 400, you know, the last several years it's been on the road course for NASCAR. So... Explain that for folks, and, and I know there's, there's, I saw some rumblings on, on Twitter yesterday about people maybe clamoring for the return of the Oval. How, how interesting, considering everybody just hated on it for the longest time. But uh, I, I heard there was some indications, uh, you know, yesterday out of Roger Penske, of course, owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, about the potential for a return to the Oval at some point. Yeah, not next year. It looks like the road course will be the option for 2023, but potentially 2024 they could be back on the oval. Uh, This whole thing, I mean, look, the racing on the oval was not good. That's why it was taken off the oval, and they moved it to the road course to try to inject some new enthusiasm in the event. So I I get why they moved to the road course. Old-school NASCAR fans don't like it. However, it's a way to make it easier for fans and also have a lot more events on track by having it on the road course. Could they alternate year to year? That's something that Roger Penske kind of mentioned the other day as well, doing one year on the road course, the next on the oval and so on and so forth. That to me seems like it may be that happy medium for people who kind of want to see it back on the oval. But if you keep it on the oval, I don't think that's going to help ticket sales long-term. Yeah, I'm not sure how you can really get back to, to, you know, the glory days, so-called glory days of that event when it first started in the 90s. But, uh, you know, Caleb, let's look at today's race. It's the first race of the weekend. It's IndyCar. It's the Gallagher, Gallagher Grand Prix will start, like you said, around 12.20, 12.30 this afternoon. You know, they just finished the warm-up down there at uh, at the Speedway. A familiar name up top in Joseph Newgarden. He's had an interesting week, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, he was dominating race two at Iowa Speedway last weekend when there was a, uh, a failure on his car. He crashed into the wall. Checked, cleared, released from the medical center after that crash. No big deal. However, after the race concluded... 
he suffered either what people are saying a fall or he fainted while in his motor coach in the bus lot and had a cut on the back of his head. And so he was airlifted to the hospital. Now, that was more for precautionary reasons just because crowds were leaving the track for the race. They also had a post-race concert as well that drew a lot of people. So it, it was more of a precautionary thing. Plus, getting him to the hospital by ambulance, it would have been about 45 minutes from Newton, Iowa, which is outside of Des Moines, Iowa. But overall, he was cleared. He looked good in practice, looked great in qualifying. So, I mean, he's definitely going to be a factor. He qualified in the Firestone Fast Six. I think that's really the key is he qualified really well. And coming off a, a, a very up-and-down week where we weren't even sure if he was going to be in the car, I think you have to be pretty pleased uh, with how everything went for Joseph Newgarden. Caleb Hatch, you hear him with me on New Track Record Podcast each and every week, as well as on the Sports Rush with Brett Rump. Every day, every weekday at least, from 4 to 6 here on 1380. And, Caleb, wanted to ask you, we're four weeks from, you know, the so-called week zero of the college football season, five weeks away from the action-packed Labor Day weekend. You can watch college football from Thursday all the way through Monday. It is arguably my favorite weekend of the year, and I know you're a huge fan as well. So when we look at that week one, we're going to skip over week zero just because we can do that. When you look at that week one, a lot of people talking about Notre Dame and Ohio State. You know, there's some other big games as well across the board. You know, I, you know Oregon and Georgia down in Alabama. Uh, you know, even Cincinnati and Arkansas is a big one. But in terms of what you're looking at for that week one, we used to kind of lazily get into the season, you know, with a lot of out-of-conference out of and FBS versus FCS teams playing each other. Now we're getting right into it with, you know, what will be surely an exciting Labor Day weekend. Oh, absolutely. And look, I mean, all my focus is going to be on Notre Dame-Ohio State because that is the marquee matchup of the weekend. I don't think anyone can argue that. But you look around at some of the other matchups, I think an intriguing one for me is actually one that starts technically before the weekend. You have Purdue hosting Penn State open up the Boilermaker season at Rossi Stadium in West Lafayette. I think that will be really interesting because Purdue, while they lost their star guys in George Karloftis and also David Bell, they still return Aiden O'Connell. He had a great season last year. He'll be a senior. He's a really good quarterback. Purdue has some good pieces. It's a night game at home. Purdue seems to play well in those situations. Penn State, they've kind of been up and down the last few years, and I get that Sean Clifford's back at quarterback for the Nittany Lions. But, I mean, I think this is a very winnable game for Purdue, and that could really set the tone for their season. If they win that game in an upset, you know, could they win nine games and win the Big Ten West? I mean, these are all possibilities if they get, get off to a strong start in that opener on Thursday night, September 1st. What is the bigger opener for an Indiana team? Is it that Penn State game for Purdue – or is it the game for Notre Dame at the horseshoe? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, as far as on paper, obviously, the, the Notre Dame-Ohio State. But I don't think that game really sets the tone for the season for Notre Dame, win or lose. If they win, it's great. It's an upset. No one saw it coming. But it, it, it's helpful. 
But if you looking at Purdue, I mean, I think to me that could have a really big impact on their season. If they play well, even if it's a loss, if they play well, that has to give you a lot of confidence uh, if you're a Purdue fan in, in the coming season because, look, they're a team that, yes, they lost some key guys, as I mentioned, but I think they're still a team that's a dark horse for that Big Ten West, and if they get off to a 1-0 start, I mean, the schedule sets up so well for them. I think that's the key. And with the schedule being that positive, with really the only game that I would put down the stretch that at Wisconsin game as far as games that would be really tough to win, I mean, they have a legitimate shot, especially with a weak non-conference schedule, to really do something this season. And don't forget, Thursday night, September 1st, Ball State at Cincinnati. The Cardinals invade Neyland Stadium. Yeah, Ball State, I mean, they're they're a team that I don't know what we're going to get out on this year. They were pretty good last year. But I think with Cincinnati, I mean, don't they feel like a wild card? I get that they were in the college football playoff last year, but they lost a lot of guys on offense and defense. And I think, to me, they're going to be a question mark, and they're going to play a, a, several Indiana teams. They have Ball State, and they also have IU later on that they host, I think, in week four or five. Yeah. So, Cincinnati, I think, is a real question mark. Don't just pencil them in as being a you know top ten team and contending for the college football playoff and contending for the AAC again this upcoming season. Yeah, Cincinnati. You know, now that uh, that Luke Fickle has them rolling, you know, people feel they could be a contender once again. But as you said, lost a lot. And you know, are they at a point where they're replacing? players as well as some of the top teams in the country in recruiting uh we were not sure yet speaking of recruiting Notre Dame doing pretty good on the recruiting trail both for 23 and 24 and of course that uh that uniform reveal video parroting the hangover came out earlier this week uh, showcasing Notre Dame's Shamrock Series uniforms for their game at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas what he's doing you know hasn't got his first win with Notre Dame yet but he's doing what he needs to do when he needs to on the recruiting trail to set Notre Dame up pretty well. So what do we make of Marcus Freeman so far, despite the fact that he has yet to win a single game? <laughs> right? That, I mean, that's the question. He's 0-1 <laughs> as a head coach. Yeah. It, it's easy to forget about that because everything else is going so well off the field. The recruiting, you have to give him an A so far. As far as the ability to connect with players, you can check that one off the list. Hiring a staff, I think you have to feel pretty confident about Al Golden coming in, being that defensive coordinator, previous head coaching experience, obviously plenty of defensive coordinator experience as well. But, yeah, it's, I think we're overlooking it because we're, we're so focused on the recruiting and the hype and, and everything. And, look, this is a program that was in a great position left by Brian Kelly after his surprise move to LSU in the offseason. But Marcus Freeman, like you said, He's very limited in head coaching experience, and I think, to me, that will be something to watch because it's so easy to forget. He didn't have that in-game experience, and there were some mistakes that were made in that Oklahoma State game in the bowl game that we can't overlook. And while everything's great off the field, he will be learning on the job on the field this upcoming season, and you just wonder, will it come down to a point where it will cost Notre Dame a game just due to some mismanagement? It's very possible. Not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. And with this Ohio State matchup started out, I mean, talk about a tough test 
for your first regular season game as a head coach. I mean, if they go into Ohio Stadium and get the doors blown off them, people aren't going to be so fond of Marcus Freeman after that. So it's a, it's a tough wake-up call, and I think it will be fascinating to see how he handles his first season as a head coach. Definitely still in the honeymoon period for Marcus Freeman, despite that loss to Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. Caleb, I appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Drive safe, heading down to the Speedway, and enjoy the day of racing down at the Brickyard. Absolutely. Will do. All right, buddy. That was Caleb Hatch. You hear him every single weekday here on... 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM on the Sports Rush with Brett Rump. He's also my co-host and the brains of the operation with the New Track Record podcast. You can download uh, wherever you can find your podcasts as well as at 1380thefan.com. We're going to take a break and we'll come back. We'll talk to Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, biggest homestand of the year coming up this week at Parkview Field. We'll break it all down, look at the Caps recent performance and you know could they potentially sneak into the playoffs in the second half we'll talk about that and more with mr nutter when we return you're listening to talking sports on a saturday morning here on 1380 the fan 100.9 fm if you looked at your auto or homeowner's insurance rate lately, think it's about time to get a competitive quote? Call the Wise Insurance Agency today at 260-747-5373. Located at 7410 Bluffton Road, Wise Insurance is a local company that's been in business for 25 years. Being an independent agent working with over 15 A-plus rated carriers allows Coach Ron Wise to assess your needs and determine the best option for you to give you maximum coverage with the most affordable premiums. The Wise Insurance Agency also offers motorcycle, RV, and watercraft insurance, as well as renter's insurance, flood, and umbrella policies. Multi-policy discounts are also available, and make sure to ask Ron about the good student discount up to 20%. Let Coach Wise show you the fundamentals of getting the right insurance. Don't put it off. Contact Coach Ron and the Wise Insurance Agency team today at 260-747-5373 or find them online at thewiseinsuranceagency.com. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. I studied Spanish in college and never got fluent. But then I tried Babbel. Want the most effective way to learn another language? In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel's bite-sized lessons will have you learning another language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is all conversation-based, so it gets you speaking quickly about things you actually talk about in the real world. You'll really see a difference in how conversational you can be in just a few weeks. Babbel is isn't just lessons. You can listen to podcasts, play games, watch videos. You can even take live online classes with a language teacher. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. University studies have shown that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a semester of college Spanish. If you want to learn a new language, there's no better way than Babbel. Text radio to 64,000 to try Babbel for free. That's radio to 64,000. R-A-D-I-O to 64,000. Following a nine-game road trip, the Tin Caps will be back at Parkview Field on Tuesday, August 2nd to open up a homestand against the South Bend Cubs. Lock in your seats now at tincapstickets.com. But in the meantime, the Caps are on the road in Peoria with Joshua Mears on fire. Four hits in his last three games. Fort Wayne tries to pull ahead in the series at 735 with coverage starting at 715. It's all right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 
Dell's Black Friday in July sale is here. Power productivity with a tech refresh. Now with up to 45% off top-rated laptops like the XPS, along with our special deals on business desktops with Intel Core processors. Get big savings on the latest servers, storage, monitors, and more with free shipping and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was going to do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals, because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Sunday, July 31st. Start your engines! It's the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. Chase Elliott, he's side-by-side with William Byron. Huge crash, Joey Logano in the wall. It was like five, six, seven cars going off the racetrack. But the leader, Denny Hamlin, the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard on the IMS Radio Network on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports Saturday morning here. At the Federated Media World headquarters off Maples Road, nice and bright outside, calm, cool, at least for now. Go out and enjoy it as much as you can. Hopefully this weather holds heading into this next week because the Tin Caps are back at home. It's a big homestand at Parkview Field to talk all about it. Is President Mike Nutter, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, joins us right now. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, great to get that weather report right there near the famous Whoa Whoa Fire Escape. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, take us through uh, this past week because, as you mentioned, it's it's never a dull moment at Parkview Field. So in terms of preparations for this upcoming homestand that begins on Tuesday against the South Bend Cubs. 
You know, last week when you and I talked, we were talking about, uh, you know, the Nitro Circus and that kind of thing, and I was kind of tired and groggy coming on. <laughs> the field made it through great with Keith Winter and Jake Sperry and the crew. It looks awesome, but that was a cool national event that got us on the radar, and then a lot of stuff this past week with fresh coats of paint and field work and, and different things like that, getting ready for this monster homestand. And so we're back Tuesday. Uh, it's the really the big last push before school is back for a lot of kids. I know the high school and younger kids don't want to hear me talking about <laughs> back to school, but fireworks on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all kinds of promotions, a lot going on. I think it'll be our biggest attended homestand of the year, and that's really cool. And we're getting to the point where you're starting to count stuff down, uh, 18 home games left. And uh, still a lot of promotions. And the team has played well. We went over to Dayton. We won two out of three. Uh, we went over to Peoria. And so far, I think we're two and two over there uh, on the road. We come back against the South Bend Cubs. There's a ton of Chicago Cub fans in the area. This is one of two times they can come in and see uh, the future guys that are going to be at Wrigley Field playing at Parkview Field. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, hopefully we can win today and tomorrow on the road and then come back and start making some hey we're still in it although we're on the you know the outskirts of it but hopefully big crowds this week uh, will keep the guys winning and that leads into a question that came in from the automotive color and supply text line and it says i think i have it figured out but please have mike nutter describe tin caps playoff scenario man that's a great question and to be honest with you it's kind of it changed a little, little bit here and there throughout. And so, obviously, we lost the 2020 season. Didn't happen. Came back in 21 because of COVID. Major League Baseball, who over you know who oversees the minors now, did not do any playoffs. This year, there are playoffs. We did a split season again. There was talk for a little while that, that they would do the first half, first and second place, and second half, first and second place. It ended up being the first half champion in the East. That's the Great Lakes Loons. So if people look at the uh, standings, they're ahead of us. It doesn't matter because they're already out of there. So it's only one from each division from each half. So right now the West Michigan Whitecaps have, I think, a six-game lead over us for the playoffs. Whoever wins the East in this half will make the playoffs. If somehow the Loons would win it, it would be the team that comes in behind them. So, again, we have a lot of home games left. We're playing a lot better over the last couple weeks. The reality of it is is we're going to need to come back against South Bend and probably go 4-2, and two, and they have the best record in the league. But we've got some great pitching, so it'll be tough, but we're still in it. And I think, you know, something that can add a, a wrinkle to this stuff is, is you know, we're nearing the trade deadline yeah. in at the majors. And we just saw a big trade last night with my Cincinnati Reds, you know, sending another great player away in Luis Castillo. But don't get me started. But part of that, the return was a cadre of prospects, one of which the return the, looked huge. Yeah, one of the more so than when they sent Winkler and Suarez. I'll tell you, I mean, it looked like a great trade for the Reds. Yeah. You know, yeah. until they develop and then they trade them for more prospects. I know how this yeah, works. Exactly. But, right. but you're not bitter. <laughs> not at all. But, you know, the added dynamics. So now you would look at Dayton, uh, you know, at adding at least one of these guys. And so that can, you know, have a, a break on the dichotomy of some of these, you know, teams, you know, hopefully, 
you know, the Padres need to do what they need to do. But if they make a move for pitching, could that see some prospects go away for the Caps? But the point is, the rosters of some of these teams that the Caps and others are yeah. playing could look, you know, a little bit different in a week or so. No question. So the Reds ended up Dayton, uh, one of the best minor league teams in the country in the first half. Uh, then they promoted a lot of guys. And so they finished a half game out in the first half. It literally came down to the last day. Uh, their team is totally different than what it was in the first half. And Ellie De La Cruz that people think has a chance to be a, a Tatis-type player, uh, a, a, an O'Neill guy like for Pittsburgh, you know, just went to double-A this week from Dayton. And his first game in Chattanooga, he hit a home run 512 feet out of the stadium. <laughs> and so you nailed it. This thing is in flux. Somebody texted me and said, when you're on with Justin, just tell us when the trade deadline is again. So it's, it is the second. So it's Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And so it literally, um, you know, you never know what it's going to be for Fort Wayne. But there could be guys for our team, certainly the Cubs, right? I mean, last year we dealt, the Padres had a, deal, a deadline deal with the Chicago Cubs. And at that time, one of our players, Anderson Espinoza, left our team and went right into the South Bend clubhouse. And <laughs> so, I don't, I'm not making any trade predictions, but like the, the Padres have been rumored for Ian Happ. And again, getting way ahead of ourselves. You could have another scenario where a tin cap becomes the South Bend Cubs that night. And it's like, wait a minute, well, you were just in our clubhouse now, and now you're in the other clubhouse. And so we talked a little bit last week. There's a lot of excitement. Sometimes the best opportunity for these young men is to get traded, you know, because we've had 210 guys playing the big leagues that were Caps and Wizards, but a lot have been with other teams. But there is still is anxiety for these young men. The, the Padres are the only team they've ever known. They've got friends. They're, they're comfortable with the spring training setup, the setup in Fort Wayne. Uh, but fortunately, Tuesday at 6.01 p.m., uh, all that will be over, and hopefully you know, we keep our clubhouse intact. But A.J. Preller's got to do what he's got to do to keep winning games in Petco Park, for sure, for the Padres. President Mike Nutter, the Fort Wayne Titcaps, joining us here on Talking Sports. And you mentioned that homestand coming up. Not only do the Titcaps have a couple home games at Parkview Field this year, but the Fighting Apples do as well. <laughs> yes. Yes, the long-awaited Manzana's Luchadores, or Fighting Apples, will make their debut the 5th, 6th, and 7th this weekend coming up. It was an alternate identity that Major League Baseball picked uh, some minor league teams to, to recognize the Hispanic heritage of baseball. Uh, it's America's pastime, but you don't have to do anything more than flip on a TV and you see how many of the superstars of this game are not only American, but also from other places around the world. So we're going to play this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as the Fighting Apples. The guys will be in different uniforms and different hats. We're still the tin caps. We're not changing any of that stuff <laughs> out. But it's really cool. And actually, the guys got to wear them a few weeks ago when we went on the road up to Appleton, Wisconsin, to play the Wisconsin Timber Atlas Brewers team. They were debuting theirs that night, and they said to us, if you guys have the jerseys, will you bring them along? And so the guys like it. The American guys love it because they're different. Certainly the Hispanic, you know, our Latin American players absolutely love it. And so just one of those things. They're still going to see a lot of the regular promotions that we're known for at Parkview Field. 
but you might walk in this weekend and there's a mariachi band playing out front and some other stuff. You know, the one thing about it is for anybody that's watched the World Baseball Classic, and that's coming back next year in the spring, I think the American host is Miami this time instead of San Diego. The, the atmosphere at those games, you know, and it does <laughs> ruffle some feathers sometimes with the, you know, you feel like you're doing a Nike commercial of let the kids play or something like that with Trout and Griffey, but it's like, you know, they ruffle a lot of feathers sometimes, the Dominican dugout and the Puerto Rican dugout, but as a dad of teenagers, they love that kind of stuff. Sure. And some people call it swag, and other people say unwritten rules and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we were on here a couple years ago because Tatis hit a home run or a grand slam on a 3-0 count. You're not allowed to do that. My reaction is then you need to pitch better. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they need to do all they can to keep the young kids engaged. I'm not talking about going crazy with it, but, like, let these guys show some personality. I mean, Mike Trout's a little nicked up right now, but he's a superstar of all-time proportions, and it's like that guy should be known by everybody, but hopefully baseball can do a better job like the NBA has in the NFL of highlighting its individual stars here in the upcoming years. Mike, I wanted to ask you, you know, this past uh, draft here earlier this month, four of the top five picks in the MLB draft uh, were black players. And I think there's been, Love it. yeah, there was a bit of push, you know, last decade or so, the dearth of, of black players in the minor leagues and, and coming up and adopting baseball um, in, as their primary sport. You know, we, we mentioned all the talent that comes up from Latin America and the Dominican and all that. But, you know, how important is that for the top five picks again being black players? I think it's awesome for the game. I think it is important for the game. I think that um, to continue the game of baseball and they're trying to make some improvements with pace of play and other things that we've talked about is that we need all cultures and all, all the best athletes whatever your race is, represented. And I, we've talked about this before, you know, and sometimes I've heard people push back with, like, you know, you know you're know, you talking about, you know, African-American players, black players, you know, both acceptable terms for us and the Padres. And it's like, we were out of the game, and you guys had a bunch. And it's like, well, none of them were born in America. Yeah. So, and so, uh, again, which we love the Latin American guys, as we've said. You know, it's a sensitive topic, but, like, it's so great. So, like, we have Joshua Mears back with us. He had a home run two or three nights ago in Peoria, 115 miles an hour off the bat, 425 feet. Young African-American guy was committed to Purdue. He's from Seattle, Washington. The Padres gave him a multi-million dollar bonus, so he's with the Tin Caps. I just think it's great. The other part of that is so many of those guys that were picked were kids of <laughs> MLB players, yeah. NFL players, in the case of Green and a couple other ones where you're just like – now, we didn't get that gene pool here on our side, <laughs> our side <laughs> down over here. I think it is so great. And so one theory that I've heard from scouts, I always love picking the brains of scouts, not about just the 10-cap players or the team we're playing, but, hey, what are you seeing around the thing? And again, I don't want to offend anybody here. People know that I come on here and I love high school and college football. I'm a huge, huge fan of both. Um, but some of the scouts have told me that when they've talked to parents, that it was the concussion stuff of, I mean, it's ongoing, but say five and eight years ago when that started to get more prominent, that some of the families were saying, hey, why don't we do baseball? You know, why don't we do some of this other stuff? And sure. so it's an interesting topic. Again, please don't anybody think I'm sliding football. So many great things have happened in that to protect the kids more than ever. And so we're seeing 
more African-Americans, more black kids get drafted than ever. Great athletes across the board get drafted. I think it's really, really cool. Mike, before we let you go, wanted to uh, you know pump up this homestand once again coming up this week. This week starts Tuesday. Multiple fireworks nights. You got the uh, Fighting Apples over the weekend. Uh, you got Paws and Claws coming up on Wednesday. So break this down for us. Yeah, you know every day there's something going on. Tuesday is a Tuesday fireworks show for the first time this year, and the two dollar concession stuff. Wednesday's the Paws and Claws. Bring your dog or see a few cats on leashes sometimes out there and come on out. Uh, Thirsty Thursday with fireworks. Uh, Friday and Saturday fireworks is the Fighting Apples. And then Sunday at 105. So literally jam-packed with promotions every day. Uh, TinCapsTickets.com should be the biggest one. I would expect, you know, two, three, four sellouts, maybe out of the six games. So it'll be a lot of fun before the kids go back to school so get out to parkview field and see the caps one more time all right buddy appreciate the time as always have a good week out at parkview field buddy thanks so much bye-bye that was mike nutter president of the fort wayne tin caps joining us here this morning on talking sports we're going to take a break for the final time come back and put a bow on this show here on a saturday morning you're listening to 1380 the fan 100.9 fm the Pod Meets World podcast takes you back in time to 1993 for the ultimate Boy Meets World rewatch. Join original cast members Danielle Fischel, Will Friedel, and Ryder Strong as they relive every episode, sharing memories, behind-the-scenes info, and more. None of us have seen an episode since it aired back in the 90s, so we'll be witnessing our middle part haircuts, hooded t-shirts, and teenage overacting for basically the first time right along with you. Listen to Pod Meets World wherever you get your podcasts. I can't think of any way to improve upon the service that I receive. Gibson's Heating and Plumbing is your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer that is ranked number one out of nearly 300 dealers nationwide in customer satisfaction. Here's what Gibson's customers are saying. The office is always courteous. Gibson's service tech is exceptional in his attitude and performance and is friendly and efficient as he follows up and explains what he's done that day and what needs to be done if there's going to be a follow-up. Kudos to Gibson's for their outstanding service. Your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Gibson'sHeating.com I learned patience from my adoptive dad. <sighs> All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. <sighs> hey. <laughs> hey. We're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. 
Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. One shot. One opportunity. Welcome back for the final time here on Talking Sports. I'm Justin Kenny in for Jim Shovlin. Jim should be back in the seat next Saturday. Should be fully recovered off the DL. Rehab assignment should be completed. So can't wait to see Jim tomorrow, or excuse me, next Saturday morning here in the studio here at the Federated Media Headquarters. You know, this week has been a tough week for uh, those that have sweet tooths. You know, Choco Taco was... Terribly, the terrible decision to cancel and discontinue the Choco Taco, and that was basically uh, Klondike saying they had to meet demand of their other products and had to cut Choco Taco production. So if that wasn't bad enough, Hershey's has come out and said that they are not in a position to meet customer demand for Halloween candy this fall. So if you're looking forward to some Hershey's around Halloween I mean, whether you give it out or just eat it or both, um, sounds as if there will be a problem in getting fully stocked shelves of Hershey's candy. You know, CEO Michelle Buck says we will not be able to meet fully meet consumer demand. The problem is consumers are demanding more regular and Halloween-themed candy than Hershey can make, at least right now. So there's still time. Hershey's to up production, but plan accordingly. Buy your hot, your candy now. Stock up. You can never have enough. Just get a deep freezer. Freeze the chocolate. Do what you need to do to make sure you're in a good position in the fall, whether you're going to give it out or not. That's going to do it for us here this morning on Talking Sports. Thanks to Caleb Hatch for joining us, talking some auto racing, talking some college football. Thanks to Mike Nutter, president of the Tin Caps, breaking down some of the draft moves and breaking down some trades that are anticipated here throughout Major League Baseball this weekend. Luis Castillo already moved by the Cincinnati Reds last night to Seattle for several prospects, a couple of which could find their way to Dayton in high A. We're also talking about the big homestand coming up out of Parkview Field starting on Tuesday. Get out one last hurrah before the kids go back to school. Check out the Tin Caps Parkview Field all this week. Homestand Tuesday through Sunday. That'll do it for us this morning. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. For Jim Shovlin, I am Justin Kenny. This has been Talking Sports here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. 
Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You ever have a shave so noticeably smooth that people want to touch it? Like when a friendly pat on the cheek turns into a full-on cheek rub? It's the kind of shave a Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor can get you. This razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal, a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth, and it comes at a fair price. Dollar Shave Club. Podcasts by Federated Media.